This week, it's hard to write a clever intro bit about a movie where no one speaks a real language. Ringo Starr? What could go wrong? This week, we do Caveman on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. That podcast stays up all night. Argle, bargle, blah, blah, blah. Armpit fart noise, Josh. Bibbledy, snibbledy, Cody. Snot, 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 aura. 23 skidoo. 23 skidoo? Shork. Bong, do. Bong. 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 No, my word for bong means this sharpened stick. But it's funny because we have a recognized... Ability of the word bong in today's society. That's about as far as we can drag the nonsense speak bit, so let's try actually talking. People talk like goddamn grown-ups. That podcast stays up all night is a sacrifice we all make for science, where my associates and I slog our way through the horniest boob horrors, turdiest erotic thrillers, and craziest titty comedies to occupy the screens of USA's Up All Night program from the 80s to the 90s. This week we are covering 1981's Caveman, the goofball laugh-em-up fronted by drumsman Ringo Starr from Ringo Starr and his all-star band. Aura, what's the pitch? Low and inside, strike one. Do you actually know what any of that means? No, absolutely not. I pretty much just read what Josh put in front of me. Antelope farts. Caveman is the story of a rapey pop star caveman who invents fire so he can turn down a Bond girl. Also, all the dialogue is an untranslated fake caveman grunt language, except for a single Asian dude who speaks English. Is it racist or just confusing? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Star actually came to this project with a surprisingly robust film resume, having appeared in the cult sex parody Candy, Frank Zappa's 200 Motels, Son of Dracula, and Listomania, in addition to a few things with a little-known musical act he was associated with. (laughs) Director Carl Gottlieb had a thinner resume in the hot seat, though he has experience as an actor and script doctor for the first two Jaws movies and a co-writing credit on The Jerk. The Jerk. Uh, Leading lady Barbara Bach had begun her career in Italy, despite being from the Bronx, but was in the midst of a crossover attempt, most notably as the titular spy who loved me. (laughs) Ha ha, titular. (laughs) Also, she was in Up the Academy, another up-all-nighter. Dennis Quaid plays... I look forward to it. <laughs> it, was the Mad, it was the Mad Magazine movie, I believe. Mm. Uh, Dennis Quaid plays Star's best friend. Still young at this point, I assume he was cast on the strength of performances in early career comedic fare like The Seniors and Gorp. Oh Gorp. my god, Gorp. Holy crap. <laughs> Is Gorp an up-all-night movie? It might be. Oh, it's, that... a summer, it's a summer camp movie where he's set in the Jewish summer camp, if I recall. Uh uh, Shelley Long was straight off of several appearances on TV shows like MASH. Uh, former football player John Matizak, whose name I'm certainly doing wrong, uh, plays villain Tonda in his second film appearance after North Dallas 40. Uh, TV hand Carl Lumbly and Catskills comedian Jack Gifford of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, among many others, round out a horrifyingly underused ma- uh, supporting cast. 
The film seems to have returned about $16 million on a $6.5 million budget. What? Jesus fucking Christ. But That's was insane. a flop, which I assume means that a lot of profits vanished up Ringo's giant nostril. Jesus. This is an astonishingly ill-conceived, teetering monstrosity of fail like this. I hadn't really heard of this at all before the project, though I do have to say the phrase, leading man Ringo Starr, sat heavily with me <laughs> as I prepared to watch it. What about you guys? Any expectations going into it? And I know, Cody, we kind of poisoned the well. Yeah. I I still wasn't ready, though. Like, I've seen a lot of these movies. I, oh my god. We warned Cody a lot. We were like, this is, this is a tough watch. This is a tough sit. Oh my god. I... <laughs> yeah, or a, or a speak on your well, we, experience. Well, we saw this. Josh got it in the mail, and me and my wife and Josh sat down with it about six months ago when we were... Because yeah. this was going to be the original fourth movie, or fifth movie of the first run we were trying to do this with. Yeah. Um, well, or was uh, and his wife were visiting me one, one Saturday night, and we were like, hey, let's watch a movie. Uh, and we thought, hey, let's watch one of the Up All Night movies to prepare for this project, right? Uh, now, his wife is a big Beatles fan. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I guess I'm ruining the joke about the lesser-known band now. Ringo Starr was in the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, so when I was looking over the, the pile, I, I, I didn't, I had, I'd ordered this because I knew it was a movie from Up All Night. I didn't know dick about it. But I saw, oh, Ringo Starr is in this and also, you know, Bond girl Barbara Bach. Like, that'll probably be, you know, fun enough. I'm sure it'll be at least entertainingly stupid. <laughs> Uh, and oh. I, I figured your wife would be into it. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let's let's give this one a watch. <laughs> let's also preface this. Nobody's like, wife specifically is into this movie no. at all. <laughs> this is a very anti-wife movie for a lot of reasons. I made a very bad decision for, for reasons well, that are logical. Well, no, it's because uh, we asked her last night uh, before <laughs> recording. I was like, I was like, do you have any statement you want me to put out into the world about your your view of this movie? And she's like, I don't remember that movie. I just remember not liking it. <laughs> God, what fucking oh, bliss. Podcast over. Like, yeah. you can find our oh. socials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that is that is what, in, if you watch it a week later, that will be your review. <laughs> well, I, me, we watched it, what, last night or something? Yes. And yeah, we watched it last night. And I said something to you, Josh, already. Like, I've already forgotten two-thirds of the movie. Like, Which... I gotta say, rewatching it last night, it was like I used to. I, for a brief time, I had contacts because I was trying to be like hot Josh, I guess. <laughs> uh, before I settled into the the clunky glasses look, um, I'll ignore that. And it's always because I've always been sensitive about my eyes, so it's difficult because you have to put the contact lens on your finger and then slowly move it towards your eye. Yeah. And you know, if you do it wrong, you'll get a, a hair caught in it, and it will hurt really bad. <laughs> so I was always a bit scared to put in the contact lens. Uh, rewatching it was a lot like putting in a contact lens, <laughs> only like seeing right at the last minute that it was covered in hairs. Oh no! I was just like, oh no, 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 no! Why am I doing this to myself? We uh, w- when we started watching it too, we were making a lot of jokes about like, oh, this movie's been going on for an hour. Like, oh, I can't believe like how much left is. Yeah. You know, in this movie, and I well, stupidly made the mistake of just checking my phone to see what message I had, and I realized, like, oh my god, we really are less than 20 minutes into this fucking movie. Well, that was the first one that Aura did was, we're at some point in the movie, yeah. I think when he gets kicked out of the cave, Aura was like, well, we're like half an hour 
into it, so at least you know, we're fairway in. And I was like, Aura, this is like the first ten minutes. Uh, because it had been the first ten minutes. And so we just kept going with that. Yeah. Oh, God. It feels like it's like it's five hours long. Like it, when we were watching it, I said it feels like a Ken Burns documentary about dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, it does. <laughs> Josh said very astutely, it was. A, it's also a movie you couldn't be on your phone during or pay attention to anything else. Because there's no language, you can't catch the yeah. context or look up when something happens because, and you know, it, it all just... Uh, how anything did you refer it, to it? It was all mono-sounded or something? Yeah, is there all... They're speaking this made-up caveman language. In the in the original theatrical release, they had, like, Mudded booklets sound? that they would give gotcha. out where they had some of the words listed in it. Uh-huh. Because the words are consistently... Like, they do, like, three-word sentences. Yeah. It's like, this is total, fire, this is friend. Like, a took whatever, Lana. Yeah. Where it's like, he likes Lana. Um, but it's still, like, because of that, you can't communicate much through language. So it's not like you're watching, I don't know, like a Kevin Smith film. You can probably be on your phone a fair amount. Like, you're getting the dialogue. You're getting a lot of the film. Uh, well, the, the visual is important, too, but, you know. Wallace and Gromit does better with a character that doesn't fucking speak and has, like, insanely higher comedic value than this does. It's... You That's could get distracted thing. by trying to find faces in the, like the wall stucco instead of watching this movie. You can do physical shtick. Like I like silent comedians. Like Buster Keaton was a fucking genius. Yeah. Uh, this ain't Buster Keaton. <laughs> God. Yeah, absolutely not. Nobody was risking their life over this movie either, which is the other credit to lend to Buster Keaton. I wish somebody would have died during the making of this movie. Whoa! Why? Why does uh, Why does a movie like Poltergeist have all of the like the cursed nature around it? Like this movie is very, very where's, cursed. Hey, where's Where's the helicopter scene in Caveman? Hey, hey, so your girlfriend said she was worried about you having fun with these movies. I yeah, mean, like that. That's the most vicious thing I believe I've ever heard come out of your mouth while doing this show or otherwise. <laughs> that is kind of an are you okay, Cody, moment. <laughs> yeah. I, ho- I hope they all died. <laughs> I, I just, I, I need a piece of me back. Well, a piece of me has been lost and I want it back. <laughs> Pat Oswald that he talks about how yeah. he was on those Do You Remember the Whatever shows. Yeah. Uh, and how he used to do them because it was easy money, but he, he kind of went nuts on one of them, I guess. And they were like, it was a well, well, Paris Hilton. He's like, I hope she fucking dies of cancer. <laughs> and they were like, Well, she was in a she was in a sex tape. That's kind of funny. And he's like, Sure, as long as she dies of cancer, <laughs> it's fine by me. Whoa, just just yes. dying of cancer. That's the important part. God, yeah, you just uh-huh, get... isn't it funny when she did that sex tape? <laughs> <laughs> so, or it's like listening to any uh, any thirteen year old talk to their friends in an online video game. It's just like you realize it's not about winning or losing. It's about the power struggle. Yes, it's about the terrible teenage power dynamics being enacted <laughs> through Call of Duty. Oh god. Yeah, the so the the first impression, um the the movie the 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 cover art for the thing does not indicate that it's going to be garbage. It's like, a, that's it's a, a nice, classic. It's the yeah. guy that uh, does it's the grandma's boy cover, yeah. it's like the bad news bear. He's got that like a soft shaded caricature like big head style you've seen yeah. it in like a thousand other comedies Animal House is what I always think of for yeah. that like the, yeah. the drawn cover that's like sort of a it's like it could be a ma- an illustration from a mad magazine or a crack yeah. yeah and this has them like uh, Ringo Starr literally like bonking a, a goofy eyed dinosaur on his head like 
it all it all seems fine and even when the first clay dinosaur shows up which is early into the movie i was like okay you know at least it's got like shitty harryhausen style effects and that wears off really quickly too you're there's like three or four dinosaurs and by like the second one you're like fucking god stop this already i should mention in here i think i saw I think it was on the Wikipedia page when I was researching this, though I haven't verified it again. I think they had to change special effects guys midstream. <laughs> uh, Is that what you had to do earlier in the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, change special effects guys midstream. I mean, I'm in I'm in my 40s. It's not like a stream so much as a like, series of trickles. Um, it's easier. To, that's the uh, that's the film magic. It's easier to swap in a new special effects guy. It's, you know, while you're going, you got to work the prostate to get it out of the way as, as long as you can. I don't have to worry about that. I have a bidet. I guess you don't have to work the prostate, but, you know. <laughs> you like that one, huh? Yeah, I did. Or, or I always likes bidet related. Yeah, no. Bidet it's humor is, is, is sort of my wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, God, can we keep talking about bidets for the rest of this episode instead? I mean, yeah. I, it's a worthwhile question to sort of ask what what this movie's intervention into the discourse is. <laughs> you know, like. There's a there's a sentence oh. no one's ever said about this film before. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Let's spend a moment talking about the the rhetoric of this film. Right. You know, what what is the greater message that it's trying to? Uh, no, I can't. I can't. No. I can't. No. It's a standard slobs versus snobs. Yeah. They got its core. And even in the in the credits, it refers to the the tribe that Ringo Starr eventually forms as the Misfit Tribe. Misfit Tribe, and it's like Mean Tribe, I think, is the other one. Yeah. Oh, God. Lazy. It's all lazy. It's so lazy. Was that is that is that the problem with this movie? It wasn't lazy. (laughs) I think so. Because I mean, I said to Josh, and I or no, I guess I said it when we watched it, not the first time. Like, the practical effects were really well... Like, the set the designers set? seemed like they... Yeah, were... the special effects were shit. Yeah. The, the set was fine. Yeah. Uh, there's some very talented people in this. And, you know, there are moments in which you see their talent. Even Ringo Starr, for all that it's easy to make fun of him, because he's a weird little wizened <laughs> homunculus well, with a well, giant coke nostril. Something ha- we'll get into it. terrible. But something happens early in the movie that really just turns you off to Ringo Starr's character entirely. Shelley Long is one of the people in the movie that I think like, oh, like, that is noticeably this person who is acting and but like she does doing a very it. good job. Yeah, I would I say, say she is the only person who's even like semi-believable as, oh, I could see you being a cave woman in this scenario, as opposed to everyone else who I'm like, this guy is just waiting for them to call cut so I they would, can run over to craft services. I would She's dis- the only one who has nuance, I would say. Well, mm. I think that the other cave woman as well. I, I think sure. she's kind of just a bit round-heeled. Like, yeah. I don't think they give her much motivation for it. And her, her stuff is also but so I mean, caricaturized of, like, hot dummy yeah. That it, it again. It's just like I don't know. Not or that like, Shelley Devong has a lot to go with either. Well, she's in, in some degree it's to do with plot. Like because Shelley Shelley Long is Shelley DeLong. I'm thinking Shelley Duvall. <laughs> well, because her character arc is that she's pining, right? Yeah. Which gives her something to do. Like the script <laughs> doesn't give these people a lot to do. 
definitely didn't give anything to Dennis Quaid. To me, the biggest failure of this movie is in the writing and, and direction. It was it was clearly like they wanted to do something a little more experimental and different, and they just didn't have the chops. Oh god! Like they, a better director could take a like okay, it's it's not really a verbal comedy. It's like kind of essentially a silent comedy, but with like nonsense words thrown in uh, about cavemen. Like you could do a good version of that if you were a talented visual director and you had a gag writer that was good at putting together visual gags. But all of the visual gags, the thing that I'm reminded of the most in the failure of this film is the the scene with the egg. Yeah. yeah. Like there's this scene where there's this egg and it rolls off a, a cliff. A 20 minute scene yes. with an egg. I'm going to get to it. Uh, <laughs> see, that shit they, didn't they even make this... my synopsis. It was another thing that I yep. fucking forgot about because it was so like, why do we waste our time with this? They take this egg and it goes off the cliff and it lands in a hot spring and that cooks the egg so they discover how to cook eggs. Uh, but as Aura said, that is, I mean, 20 minutes is something of an exaggeration, but it's 10 to 15 minutes of film. For real, yeah. Going back and forth, like a fight between... And that's even with part of it in sort of like Benny Hill fast motion. Yeah. Oh like there's a God. dinosaur attack mixed in and a fight between the two tribes and all of it for this to pay off one... Very slight gag. But and a good gag writer would, like, the second they go up to see the egg, they would have knocked it off the cliff and it would have gone down and landed in a hot spring and then they would have discovered to cook eggs. Yeah. And it's an okay gag. It's a, how you, do you done it? Like five what kind of what kind of assholes eat up ten minutes of of of, of podcasts <laughs> to pay off a little gag? Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're doing bits as we go. I'm sorry. We're so, that's uh, what the satire thing. We know what we're doing. Yeah, no and we're doing it on purpose. It's self aware. Yeah, that's it. Self aware. Oh God! It would like the equivalent of this podcast would be if we included a bit that's ten minutes of us setting up the mic and not really saying much. Well, I, there's just so much that happens. And then we did the podcast. That's like at so... the beginning of every episode. Yeah, it's but, not this one. But I presume Cody cuts that out. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, listen. I leave. I leave. I leave the <laughs> I good know. snippets in on some of the other shows leading up to it. But for the, for the sake of this one, you know, I usually start yeah. with you. Yay! And on the other shows, the. The goofing around is kind of the show. Right. <laughs> and it, this is the show that we're doing for science and posterity's sake. I, well, I didn't I didn't actually mean to, like, get us started about process. <laughs> oh, <anything>. no. <laughs> Again, we are just dying to talk about fucking anything else. The experience of watching this movie is trying to anyway? watch other things. Oh, uh, man. Eggs are, in a pan. Eggs are the one thing that I actually can cook really well. I like, yeah. uh, I can do omelets. Uh, I like French toast as well. Omelets. We did uh, the Ramdam thing earlier today. Look at this motherfucker. He's, oh. been, uh, he's, I, he's been a culinary artiste in our, in our midst this whole time. It's like cereal, <laughs> sandwiches, and then egg stuff. Like, I knew uh, Haley had a really hard time last week soft boiling an egg for a ramen. This is, this is actually funny oh. that you uh, that you have those skills, because those are the exact skills that my wife has, <laughs> but I cook everything, everything else. Everything else, yeah. Because, that's... because I, I fuck up eggs every time. I do have to say, egg stuff is a no for me. Yeah. You don't like eggs? Uh, I'm, I am, what is I'm, this? I'm into, I, I will do like uh-huh. light dom. Uh, oh, will do. mm-hmm. yeah. I will. I will do uh, foot stuff, but <laughs> yeah, stuff is a no. Yeah, no, that was a that was a pretty good that's, setup. I I did not see that coming. Well, well, well done, Josh. Yes. That's my F list profile. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was great. Let's stop talking about what's this he, movie. What's, he, what's and, he doing with the eggs and the egg doms? <laughs> nah, never mind. We'll we'll talk after the show. You know, a golden retriever 
yeah. the mouth soft enough that they won't break an egg. I think that plays into it somehow. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Let's uh, putting do it. my personal life aside, yeah. <laughs> uh, sadly, we can only avoid talking about what actually happens in these fucking things for so long. So after the jump, we'll be back with your synopsis, grudgingly, on that podcast stays up all night. So you had that written into the script. Yes. <laughs> you knew full well. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about did you th- is, do you think it was a fucking mystery that we didn't want to talk about this? <laughs> I didn't want to talk about this yeah. movie. Except to say it sucks. Shouldn't watch it. God. Last time on That Podcast Stays Up All Night, when we last left our adventurers, they were falling through a portal to hell. These spinning patterns in this portal are making me up truck worse than that time I barfed on those kids on the silly silo at Adventureland. Don't you dare vomit on me, I am the mayor! Come on, you wusses, this is nothing. I've had robo-trips way more intense than this. Besides, you're never gonna get the vomit out of the cheerleader uniform. No, seriously guys, like, we need to stop this ride, I'm getting really motion sick. Let's hop off here, what's the worst that could happen? Whee! Oh, ow! Hard landing! Oh, my fucking shitty back! Your shitty back? I, I gotta settle things with you the way Hal Jordan does it with fucking Oliver Queen. Guys, that was a different continuity. Besides, where are we now? This doesn't look like hell. I think uh, I recognize these cave paintings from an art history class I took in my eighth year of college. They look much fresher, though. Fresher smelling. Ugh, there's a campfire? Maybe we should investigate. The gang observes Ugg in his camp, and one of the gang accidentally drops a pebble. The cavemen all draw weapons. Ah, great. Now we've been taken captive. Who are these people? Where are we? This isn't my beautiful house. That's not my beautiful wife. It seems the portal to hell took us back to a pre-linguistic era. Uh, they also think you are ladies. Uh, you know, being dressed like ladies with the wigs and all. <laughs> the way he's looking at us, Ugg isn't going to make us one of his wife, is he? Ugg is not my beautiful wife! One of you two. I'm the mayor. I am no one's wife. I don't know if you can be the mayor of olden times. Uh, I can be the mayor of anywhere. Just look at my four square. Actually, I'm not getting any coverage, but I assure you, I am the mayor of Perkins. This uniform is starting to ride again. Mine too. Also, the longer we're here, the more we're exposed to long-dead diseases. Oh my god, I feel my throat closing up, actually. I'm useless here. I don't know how to hunt or kill anything. Let's just get out of here. Let's break back for the portal. But what if it takes us to hell? Cheerleader hell! Literally anywhere is better than here. Cheese it! Huh? Where? Cheese where? Run! Oh, oh no, the cave people are chasing us! You two are pretty zippy for a couple of fat dudes. Look, there's the portal! Pick up! Ah, I don't know if we should, guys. Too late to debate now. Is literally anywhere better than caveman times? Is anywhere better than having to see Ringo Starr in a loincloth? They said they'd do anything. Did they mean anything? Did Foursquare register Josh's check-in in in caveman times? Intrepid viewer, 
Find out next time on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Though the premise that things happen in movies is a bit strained in this one, we are committed to the format by this point. So, Cody, go ahead and try and synopsize this shit. Is synopsize a word? Oh, we just made it. Yeah. All right. Anything's a word if you try hard enough. Eat that, Webster. It's like dildos. <sighs> Writing. Wait, what? <laughs> Anything's a dildo? If you... Oh, no, I thought you were uh... like. I was like, did we make up dildos? <laughs> That's a. Oh, maybe in a caveman time bit later yeah writing a synopsis for this movie feels like giving a statement to the cops it's really hard to revisit emotionally but you know if you miss any awful detail then you lose all hope of catching the bastards that did this the movie is called caveman that's about all that happens there's huge names attached to this piece you might think that some of their personalities will shine through and get at least one scene that makes it all worth it there isn't not even clay dinosaur fights can save this movie. Ringo Starr is the wimp of the group, so a typecast of sorts. After fighting a dino, the next segment is Ringo trying to woo the busty cavewoman with fruit, which she immediately gives to her boyfriend, the tribe leader. Ringo then hollows out the same fruit and adds what looks like cherry tomatoes, except they're rohypnol. Cave woman and tribe leader fall asleep, and then for a painful five to ten minutes, Ringo literally tries to have sex with a sleeping cave woman. Uh, Josh, Aura, I would like uh, verification that we are not making this up. Yes, no, no, and I would like to so very far. specifically make the point: the only reason the hero of this film is not a rapist is because he is inept. Uh, that's what I have actually next. Maybe the joke is supposed to be he's too weak to rape a sleeping person since she pins him wrestling style with her legs as he tries to open them because he eventually gives up and sleeps in between the two only to wake up later to the tribe leader pulling him on top cowgirl style and understandably freaking out over seeing Ringo fucking star in his lap. So doubling the rape joke with a gay panic joke is uh, just the chef's kiss of this movie. And I would definitely like to add at this point, I contend that Tonda's the hero of this movie. <laughs> yeah. And oh it's God, a tragedy. this again? Because right from this point, I was like, Tonda's correct, expel this person from your tribe. You cannot have this. After being justly removed from the tribe, Ringo catches up with the other tribe reject, Dennis Quaid. Ironically, not Randy yet. It's in this moment, while hugging, the two cavemen press hard on each other's back and gain the ability to walk upright. If you've been watching the movie up to this point, it's baffling because it did not seem like this was an ability they lacked until this point. There's another dino fight. They meet Shelley Long and her blind dad, who's blind but not Robin Hood men in tights blind, so no good comedy here either. Eventually, <laughs> they find some more tribe rejects and form their own losers club, and... That's it. I mean, that's really the movie. I remember the final scene as Ringo rejects the hot Bond girl and goes with Shelley Long, who seems to, I don't know, caveman appreciate him. But he throws the Bond girl in a huge pile of poop to dump her. It's just weird. They make tools and discover fire too, but all the scenes drag out so long since no one speaks and they all make a shit ton of noise. We just watched it last night, but it's still a weird blur of wishing we were doing anything else. Fuck, year one is a better comedy. Can't believe I'm even saying that. I'm just that ready to move on to any other caveman-related property. Fucking year one is genius compared to this movie. <laughs> like, there's plots, there's characters. 
Encino Man was pretty good compared to this. Year one is a Rhodes Scholar, and Caveman is Cletus trying to dump the rat into the lake in the Simpsons movie. The the comic strip BC is genius compared was to there, this was fucking movie. Was there a BC movie? movie? Am I? There's, I think there was a TV movie of it. Something. I'm yeah. guessing it was better. Than uh, this. A genuine good time would be to look at the same one cave woman or caveman far side comic for an hour and a half without being able to turn away from it, and I would still get a better laugh out of that than this movie. Um, Flintstones? Flintstones, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, a 10,000 BC, also well, terrible, but better than this. Well, not a, not a comedy. Not though. a comedy, that's the action. Uh, let's yeah. see, what other caveman? You could... Uh, uh, all the Mystery Science Theater caveman movies were better. Uh, yeah. What's the... the oh, it's caveman a, and Ega. Uh, and yeah, Ega. That's a better. That's a good movie. bad caveman movie. I was doing some googling around on this movie, and uh, Google kept suggesting to me Ega rather than this one. Because <laughs> like, I was like, I was look, like, just, caveman movie, and it was like, do you mean Ega? I uh, just save yourself, man. <laughs> I meant to screenshot it uh, for you, Aura, but I counted at least five times this last week getting. Uh, Add references for Ultra Seven. Nice <laughs> from the last episode. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you they're listening. That's oh how yeah, get you. Now it's going to be the the rest of this week is going to be like, hmm. Have you bought a copy of Rubber Soul on vinyl recently? <laughs> oh, Jesus so, God, this movie. Moving into the discussion, uh, I'm often a fan of more experimental film premises. At least in theory. In practice, however, I tend to be a bit more reserved, because for every heartbreaking work of staggering genius created that way, there are several cavemans. Lurching, ill-conceived attempts to substitute a gimmick for film fundamentals. Then again, how can we argue with the most successful religious film of all time and its anti-Semitic Australian survivalist director? (laughs) Do gimmicks like this ever work, or should their makers stick to the B-movies and the genre picks that they're used to? So... What you're referencing there is Passion of the Christ, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. Which was, I mean, I guess eventually they subtitled it, but the original fight was they wanted to release it unsubtitled in Aramaic, which uh, I think would have hurt its marketability. Yeah. I'm being, I'm speaking of, I know I, I, I don't have much proof for that. <laughs> That's, I still very vividly remember the release of that movie just being, it's such a weird thing that... Every every church that I knew or anybody I knew going to a different church were all like freely giving out tickets to a hard R-rated movie. I just yeah, there were so many church groups. I worked at a theater when that was out. Every time I stepped in there, it was somebody getting the shit knocked out of them. <laughs> I was like, "That's the is, story. <laughs> this is fucking saw." Yep. <laughs> well, I uh, it's a hard R. <laughs> well, I I went to go see it out of curiosity. It was because it was in the discourse at the time, and oh. I was like. I was like, well, I guess I should go see this so that I can at least talk competently about it. <laughs> and like, I, it was too much for me. It's like, I very some, fucking intense. At some point, I was like, well, I guess I'm done eating popcorn because <laughs> even yeah. if you're not a religious person, it's My still stomach was a little queasy. Like everybody knows, like the the whole story of you know they you yeah. know blah 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 they crucified him. And, yeah, you we know, know we know he had a bad time. Yeah, you yada yada yada. But then it's uh, an hour and a half uninterrupted of watching this one dude get flayed like over and over and over again, and it's it's Christianity guilt porn. Like it's. it's I mean, if we're talking about it in terms of religious studies, it's the worst elements of Christianity because, like, if there's a point to Christianity, it 
ain't that a dude died. No, yeah, it's supposed oh. to be about the forgiveness or the redemption or anything, <laughs> goodwill towards all men. But my favorite thing to come out, and of, women and out of passion was the South Park bit where they, they sit down <laughs> to watch it and it's just... Rah, rah, rah. It comes to like hour and a half later, and everybody just staring, open eyed, and traumatized. Oh God! <laughs> I was like, that's that seems to be. I I never watched yeah. the whole of it because I don't care. Look, I know that you. <laughs> well, I I know from reading the book that Jesus <laughs> got the shit beat out of him. I don't fucking need a picture of it. Yeah. Well, I, I get the idea, and I I think it's weird to make it the main theme of your anyway. No, not, so I mean that really that was a gimmick that worked. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I I was thinking uh, Blair Witch Project was a gimmick that worked because yeah. Blair Witch Project, of course, is barely a movie uh, if you watch it absent of its gimmick. The yeah. the artist that came out semi recently is you know its gimmick is also that it's black and white in a silent movie even though it's you know it came out in modern times but it's about yeah. silent movies so it makes sense that it would be black and white and no one would talk. Recently, is like over ten years ago, I think. Fuck, really? <laughs> I know. Oh right? my god, that seems. I'm not sure I've it happens. Seen that one. Happens more and more as you get old. I promise you. <laughs> He's I looking it up of, just to check you right now. By wow, I still think of Britney Spears as a new artist in the back of my head. Two thousand eleven. Like fresh faced girl, Britney Spears, <laughs> new on the pop scene. <laughs> Britney Spears has been the 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 loving mom who is into anime for her sons for like. A decade now to to everybody else. The artist was 2011. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was when I, it was when I was in school. Yeah, so that's almost 10 years now. That's crazy. <laughs> it was a big thing. So yeah, um, dated reference there. But uh, yeah, that was uh, the horror film Tire. Oh, Rubber. Saw, rubber, 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 rubber. Yeah, that's, that's an a great really gimmick. Fun. Or uh, Pontypool to some extent. Sure. Uh, it's like a zombie film where the zombie is spread, where the zombie virus is spread by language. Uh, Fido is a you know arguably a gimmick zombie movie about you know yeah, if you. Like, uh, it's like what if we were having pets. a family comedy with a zombie movie in the background? Yeah, like, there's a fair number. Like uh, life, life after Beth is sort of a like what if you made a relationship movie and there were zombies happening in the background and the girlfriend was a zombie, but ah, uh, real zombies is a movie where it's from the zombies' perspective, so it's black and white until they become yeah. zombies, and then it's color and everybody around them is super fast because they're zombies and they're slow. Yeah, that's a gimmick that works for that movie. So there are there are a lot of gimmicky movies like gimmicky experimental films that that work pretty well. But the thing is, and I don't want to step on it too much because we got a we got a bit coming up. But there are also <laughs> a lot that don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, God. And I think. Ooh, I have an idea of a of a gimmick that doesn't work. Uh, the pest with John Leguizamo. Is riding on that uh, like whole Dumb and Dumber. Oh, our protagonist is going to be just an annoying person. But yeah. uh, that I guess would be comparable to Caveman. Of like, do you really want to just be like annoyed for an hour and a half? There's yeah. other things you could do. You could watch a Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of Batman Forever versus Batman and Robin, like which were both sort of attempts to flash back a little to the kitsch of the TV show. Yeah, yeah. But Batman Forever. I contend works okay. Like it's not a great film. Uh, Batman Forever is the, uh, but it's fun enough. It's watchable enough. Batman and Robin is excruciating. Yeah. Well, I like Batman and Robin or 
Batman Forever still has that like kitsch while being a little self serious, which yeah. is like the perfect blend of like the Tim Burton ones and what you're talking about. Like they they have the you know the the oh no acid yeah. and uh, you get the holy rusted metal Batman like. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I laughed my ass off at Holy Rusted Metal Batman. <laughs> I, for the longest when time... When I first saw that movie, that was I, the best fucking joke. And then I, Batman turned into be like, what? And he's like, it's rusted metal with holes in it. I, I tripped over it as he said it. Like, I visibly in the... in the I was like... Uh, uh, like, wait, what? <laughs> like I, in that, that was the moment that I had. In that exact same scene, for years and years and years upon watching that movie, I thought... Jim Carrey Riddler is implying that Robin, his ultimate wish is to be with the Bare Naked Ladies, the band. And it wasn't until years later that I rewatched it and he says the line, wants to be, uh, his dream is being bare naked with a girl. And I realized, like, oh, I guess that is a phrase that people use outside of Canadian rock band <laughs> B&L. <laughs> For forever, I thought they was making a comment that Chris O'Donnell loves bare naked ladies or something like that. I was really into Brian Wilson. <laughs> I mean, good. That song also. about the apartment—that's a, a song. That 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 is a breakup song. Like you hear that song, you're just like, oh, I feel it. Yep. I feel it in my bones. That's a good one. I like bare naked ladies. You want to talk about bare naked ladies for a little bit? Sure. We can play the inevitable. Uh, these apples. That's a really really good one. Um, everybody likes. If I had a million dollars, that's how I learned what the elephant's man name was. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say about bare naked ladies, Zora? No, but you remember the other day when I confessed to you I don't care much for the Foo Fighters. Yes. Ooh, that's a. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, let's let's extrapolate on that now. I like their second album a lot more than their first. I thought but, their first was pretty weak. Or admits being a fa- so if Never you don't long is a good one. If you don't like the Foo Fighters, do you yeah. know of the like other stuff that um, what's his name? I just blanked on it. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl has done like Nirvana. The- yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> okay, the other stuff besides his famous famous first band, Ringo and his All Star Band over here. <laughs> Fuck nuts. <laughs> I, oh, you I, brought it full circle. Well done. <laughs> as soon as I thought of that joke, I was like, this is the best fucking joke that I ever Yeah, it. it's really he good. Ringo a star and his all-star band. Oh, God. <laughs> I already know that I, to avoid people looking at anything related to Caveman, the cover for this episode is going to be Ringo Starr's MS Paint art. Yeah, the only thing I wish I had worked in was a reference to him as a famous painter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, so yeah, experimental. I mean, what I would say is that the risk of doing something experimental. I think Freddy Got Fingered is a bit of an experimental film in some ways too, which we <laughs> talked about on a podcast. I would rather watch um, that one again. Oh, certainly. Oh, there's uh, no rape in it, which is surprising. Uh, I don't think it's that surprising. I feel like after the '80s, like rape as a joke kind of died. Yeah, and thank Christ. Oh God. Put two of them. That's. If you ever find somebody who's like, you know, we need to have those, we need to have well, that back in movies. I miss all the rape in movies. <laughs> well, God. so so we have, you know, we have the situation where I feel like this has come up a couple of times already. <laughs> like, do we keep just drawing the short straw, or is this just every movie on Up All Night? <laughs> like, I don't. I was talking with Cody about that when we drove back here. Yeah. Like, I don't. Well, if you watched it on Up All Night, all of there was so much that censored out of the TV airings anyway. That's true. Not to mention you can you just cut certain things down for time. So most of these excruciating like 90 minutes 
was actually closer to like 50 minutes with so, commercial interruptions. So the other day I was I was, I was, I was telling somebody about the show and yeah. they're like they're like, "Oh, you you guys watch them censored then, right?" Like like you know. Yeah. And I was like I was like, "Ah, oh, those those are impossible to get a hold of." So, yeah. no, we have to we just have to watch the actual movies and assume yeah. what gets uncensored. Well, I think that I, I looked into like tape traders and there's people who will do you DVDs of it, but they want a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> and I think there's something even more interesting to say, you know, that there's such a nostalgic culture anyway, and if it's something like this, like up all night, you end up finding out what we find out, which is, "Oh my god, why is there so much sexual assault and rape or at least implied sexual assault and rape it's I think it was I don't remember because like I said to Cody rape wasn't okay in the 80s yeah no it was alive in the 80s and I don't remember it being like you know I mean consent can be can be AIDS was a thing in the 80s too so like rape would be even but more terrifying that, in some like, ways. In some of the other movies that we've covered, there there may be one of those like, oh, you could, you know, construe it in a different light if you're the director. You might think that it would play in a different way than what it, it comes off after the final cut is released. There's no mistaking the scene in this movie as anything other than like what we've been talking about. Like yes, he, he attempts he, to drug and rape he, a woman. D- he presents a lie specifically to harm either one or both of them, and then he <laughs> capitalizes on that. Can we can we also real quickly like take a moment that there's somebody at USA Network in the eighties who had to pitch this movie uh. to some producer who oversaw the whole thing <laughs> and was like, you know, we're gonna put the caveman movie on that that doesn't have any actual words, <laughs> but, but it does have a right. Well, I guarantee you that pitch was we got a movie with Ringo Starr. Yeah, we got a movie with Ringo Starr, Barbara. But <laughs> like they literally just have to name off four names and they're like, oh yeah, sure, sold. It's like if you told somebody, hey, I've got a movie for you and I to watch. It's got Chris Pratt in it and his wife. Uh, and it's got uh, Terrence Howard and a couple other uh, Hugh Laurie, a couple other big stars. And you're like, oh, cool. What is it? Oh, it's uh, movie forty three. Oh, you're like, God. holy fucking shit! No, God, get out of here, you monster! Get out of here, you monster! <laughs> I think there were like two segments in that movie that were okay. <laughs> My dad always, always loves talking about the Terrence Howard bit where he's like the basketball coach. He's like, there's a bunch of white boys out there. What the hell? It's like, get it, get out there and crush them. Oh, that movie. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, they eat poop. Ooh, that's a funny movie. There's poop in it. Yeah, he has balls on his chin. Oh, God. Liam, uh, well, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's in that movie, too. That would be, I, that's, I feel like the closest modern equivalent we have to compare Caveman to is, but even like, even like you said, there's still, it's, it's segmented, so it's not like yeah. any one bit goes on too long. And it's, it's a little less, it's a little less misbegotten because I guarantee the pitch for that was somebody like, "Hey, remember movies like Kentucky Fried Movie? Yeah, let's, let's bring back those like, which wasn't up all that movie, and we'll do eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do like a like a goofy Randy like like fucking vignette comedy movie. It'll be yeah. fun. Sure. And we'll have we'll have an interstitial that's this fun idea about people being taken hostage and forced to listen to movie pitches and. Uh, and just somehow it sucked. Like somehow <laughs> it just got uh, the worst fucking people. You pick well. You pick bad. Right. Like all of those actors are totally fine, but none of the bits are yeah. very good. You get so a this, better bits. 
I just real quickly did a did a quick research here. Uh, this thing was on up all night six times. Oh my god! Uh, it was a uh, it was on uh, February eighteenth, nineteen eighty nine, uh, January nineteenth, and January twentieth, nineteen ninety. Two days. They did it fucking two days back to back. Yeah. They, they would often recycle one of the movies. Oh. September twenty second, nineteen ninety. Uh, September twentieth, ninety one, and then the last time was on <laughs> Thanksgiving. It would appear. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, maybe not. Uh, November thirtieth, uh, nineteen ninety one. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they knew their mistake and they they repeated it five <laughs> times because I was like there. I could see a producer getting away with this once. You You think this is the type of stuff that Mr. Rogers was talking about where he was like, I need to be a wholesome image for people on TV? Well, let me... I wonder if it played better to older people. Like, Cody's... We found out through this, apparently. Yeah, my dad... dad, familiar with this film. My dad, uh, I... uh, A couple of weeks ago, I put a blast on my Facebook with, like, links to the episode that we did because I really, really liked it. And, uh... I, I mentioned that Caveman was going to be one of our new ones, and my dad sent me a text. He was like, oh yeah, I remember this, Barbara Bach, and immediately sent me a picture of he the Bond you, girl in like the Cavewoman bikini, which was kind of funny. But He sent you a picture of her from this movie. I yeah. Like, wow. I, I will have to talk to him about, like, hey, I watched the movie. Do you remember anything um, off <laughs> about that movie? And he'll say no, and I'll say, oh, uh, Ringo Starr attempts to rape Barbara Bach in that movie. Do you remember that? <laughs> Probably not, because you remembered it fondly, and I don't think you would have if you knew that that was the context. Oh God! I think, like in terms of the acceptability of rape in these movies in the era, like I don't think that rape was okay, but I think that there was a bit more of a like. Well, so I uh, talked uh, while we were driving. Marginal over. stuff was more acceptable. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like date rape wasn't a thing that people were as concerned about, for instance, which is why you get stuff like Revenge of the Nerds. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna retract real fast here. Uh, this movie is from 1981, which was before the AIDS scare too. So this, okay, yeah, that is yeah. Funny. Well, I I, I, I made a comment to Josh while we were coming over about how like. You know, not specific. Is this drive over like the new Burger King parking lot? How did I get left out of this production meeting? Me and Cody took a drive back here. (laughs) I said something about how it was like, I know in like, in uh, like Chuck Jones era cartoons, there's like the implication that, you know, caveman, cavewoman, bonk, cavewoman over the head, drag back to the cave, but that's, like, the end of that bit. And obviously, yeah. like, there's the argument that, oh, they're just, you know, we're animals, like, blah, people took what they want. Um, well, but even still, like, even in a historical sense, you don't talk about it like, oh, this is just, you know, men running around just raping women whenever they feel like it. Well, and when I was a kid and I saw that joke over and over again, like, I'm just realizing now that that's kind of a rape joke. Yeah. When I was a kid and I saw that, I didn't think, oh, he's going to take her back to the cave and force himself on her sexually. Yeah. I just thought he'll go back to the cave and then they'll be married because that's like the marriage thing that they did. Well, specifically, the the joke that I'm thinking about is in the uh, Bugs Bunny, like, Roadrunner movie collection. Oh, it's, it's in a million fucking things. Yeah, and, well, they go back and, like, the whole joke of that is, like, one caveman bonks somebody and they drag them to the other cave. Like, the, the caveman drags the woman into the cave, but then there's another bonk and then you see the cave woman emerging, and she has a lump on her head, but she's dragging the cave man, and yeah. she drags him like across the road back into her cave. 
And so it's like the role reversal there is funny because you take a not funny joke and you put a spin on it. Yeah. There's no spin on this. It's, it's just, just it's drawn just, out trying to pull somebody's well, legs the, apart. It is just an unfortunate looking British the, man raping a Bond girl. Well, hang on. It, <laughs> the, the spin might have been the ineptitude of it all. Right. Like, and I get that that's the spin, but it's not... I didn't say it was a good one, but that's supposed to be the... That's supposed to be... Yeah, there was, like, he... We're watching it, and it, it starts, and we got real, real quiet for a second. Because I had Cause forgotten. Because he's just... <laughs> at first, he's just lifting her legs, so you think, oh, okay, he's dragging her back to his section of the cave. Uh, but then the, the clincher is he turns her over, so her, like, her butt's up. And he jumps, like he tries to jump onto her. Uh, she rolls over just in time, so he lands in between the two. But he has his eyes closed, and then he air pumps the like rock that they're sleeping on like six times before he stops. So, like he was ready to just grind his willy, like yeah, at no, the very no, he least. Was going in. Ugh. And then I, I guess it's okay. Is it okay? Because then he, he doses himself and snuggles with. Fucking yeah, Tonda. he doses himself, and then he gets what he deserves because he wakes up like having to ride on the other guy's like monster Johnson. I, uh, I will say Tonda thru- gives a bit of a hip thrust. Like you don't yeah. see it, but you, you see the reaction, and I'm like, he might be inside. <laughs> God, Ringo's um, used to sticks being sake, shoved can up we his move ass. On from this? Yeah, I'm, this, I'm ready for the next one. I do, I do want to say real quick because when we were rewatching this, I did not remember this scene was in it. <laughs> I did because, either. as we have been saying, you won't remember this. Like in a in a week, you won't remember anything about this movie. Yeah, it, it goes through you because it's not memorable or good in any way. <laughs> Just like bad food, um, there's nothing. There's no protein. There's nothing to stick to the sides of your stomach. So I remembered this scene happening as I watched the bit where he's hollowing out the fruit and putting it in. I was like, oh, there's a rape scene. I, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot this was in here. God. It's oh, so, my God. It's just weird. And it ha- it's so relatively early in the movie, it really just sours the rest of it. It does. It's it's a turn in the punch bowl for sure. Turn in a punch bowl. All righty. Well. All right. Well. We've almost done with our due diligence on this one, so when we come back from the jump, we'll give you your RDA of games on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Okay, so I've got a game, and I think it might even be a way for us to generate some ideas to make money off of. Look, Cody, you tried to steal my sketch, now you're trying to steal my games, like... Do you just want the whole show all to your... What? I can't pitch in? More like you don't. Oh, so do you want to start editing these once more? I'll be good. Okay. Alright, pitch. Well, we could do a game where we try to come up with dumb film gimmicks like this film's. You know, where this film is lacking some fundamental parts of how movies communicate, but tries to be a movie anyway. Interesting. Like it lacks any soundtrack. Even incidentals or a film score. Yeah. The Dogma films all did that. No non-diegetic sound. Oh. Well, maybe more like, like the color. Like, the whole thing is shot through a, a single color filter. Uh, blue by Derek Jarman. Uh, it was all shot with a single static image entirely saturated in blue. Can I say that that sounds dumb? Uh, it's a film about the director dying of AIDS and going blind to all but one color. Oh. You're, uh, you're a film about dying of AIDS, so there. Maybe the film is just cutting back and forth between two near-static images. 
at a speed just fast enough to constantly stab your eyeballs. Serene Velocity. Sorry, is that your stripper name? Uh, no, it's a movie. Try again, jackass. Like, just a real long, slow zoom. Wavelength. Uh, multiple images side by side like a security station. Time code. Made in one single take. Russian arc. Um, no slashers. Random Rope. images and actions pretending to be an adaptation of a classic work. Goddard's King Lear. Just fucking images of bug wings. Mothlight. God damn it, Josh! This is why no one likes you film majors. Guys, guys, you're missing the point. None of the films, none of those films made bank. You want those Joss Whedon bucks, you need commercial elements, not experimental film school bullshit. Like, mash up some genres. Maybe some steampunk? Oh, or zombies. Or D&D? Yeah, and like robots. And throw in some like hot young actresses and a rockin' soundtrack. But maybe also some kind of narrative device where we also have an excuse to change between these parts. Yeah, with, with metaphors, but like... Ass-kicking metaphors. Or sexy metaphors. And get a big-name, up-and-coming director and a big budget and cram all that shit down nerd throats with pervasive ad campaigns. What would that get us? Sucker punch. Sucker, Sucker punch. punch. Shit. Well, let's just make another Batman. Batman goes Hawaiian? Why doesn't Batman dance anymore? Caveman Games was a game for 8-bit Nintendo, right? Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Anyway, nostalgia. Here's your games. Holy shit, Bonk. I loved Bonk. Ooh, Bonk. Uh, Tomba, Tomba 2. Tomba and Tomba 2. What? Man, the caveman <clears throat> thing is way better as a video game concept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that one world in Chrono Trigger? <laughs> Where you get the hot, the hot furry fucking cave girl? Oh, it's a, it's a JRPG. You're going to have to be more specific <laughs> on the furry cave girls. <laughs> oh, here it goes. You can take it now. There's enough. <laughs> no, I. It's fine. <laughs> she told me she was gonna call me right before bed, and. Uh, that was bed. <laughs> and I want to tell you, there was that episode where my phone rang in the middle of it. Uh. And uh, and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry, anybody who has the same ringtone. <laughs> I listened to that episode, and when the phone rang, I checked my <laughs> phone, and I was like. Oh. oh, that just you ensured that you have to leave this in now, too. <laughs> well, you can save this for the goofs episode or whatever. Sure. The goofs and gaffs. <laughs> All right. Because that one, that's actually a, a you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. It's the fun and games portion of our show where we, we play some games and have some fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fun. should really, I should really buy it or buy. I should really write an intro for this. Is what I should do. Yeah, some huckstery sort of like, woohoo! Hey guys, look. yeah, that's why I script things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just like, I don't know. We're recording at the wrong time of day or something. My brain just is like, nah, enough's enough. Well, we've uh, we've talked at length about the movie. We're ready to move that's on. That's probably what it is. Yep. Uh, okay, so let's take a spin of that. <laughs> huge effing wheel, Cody. <laughs> There's a giant wheel, and on the top of the wheel is an egg, and below the wheel is a giant fucking frying pan. Tick, 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 Omelet! Omelet! Hey, uh, ba-ding! It landed. <laughs> What's the point of the wheel if you're gonna ba-ding me? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's, uh, 
it landed on Beatles trivia. <laughs> so this is probably the only opportunity we're going to get to do Beatles trivia. Blue, Blue Meanie. Blue oh. Meanie. <laughs> there were some Beatles movies. Oh, are there that yeah. are on up all night? Help and uh, Yellow Submarine. No, not Yellow Submarine. I thought I thought on it was up all uh, night though. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, like two or three of them because we looked well, up the list because I was like, hey, can we watch it? Good movie. Oh, all right. Well, fair enough. In the five that I've processed, it's Help and Hard Day's Night. I don't know if you Well, I would have done something different then. So, uh, oops, Beatles trivia is what it is going to landed on this week. So, uh, these are these are trivia questions from UsefulTrivia.com. So, it's a source uh, that's well-respected, right? Um, <laughs> Good citing your source, and college I, and boy. I, and I, well, I'm going to also go ahead and play along with you, because I haven't actually uh, went through any of these. Okay. So... Uh, question one: What was the last song John Lennon played for a paying audience? Oh. Multiple choice: Imagine, Benny and the Jets, I saw her standing there, or Across the Universe. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Imagine. That seems like his type of John Lennon's later life yeah. shtick for sure. I'm gonna do Across the Universe. It's, it's I, one of those. I was thinking. I was thinking Imagine when I read the question. So I'm gonna since me and Cody both said Imagine, I'll click Imagine. Oh wow! Oh, there's even Kirk. buzzer sound effects. Oh look at that! Thanks, useful trivia. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Benny and the Jets. I almost feel like that's so. Uh, well, I'm just gonna click Across the Universe next because that was your next guess. Oh nope. Uh, Benny and the Jets. <laughs> I saw her standing there. It was wow. the one, the wow. one we that, didn't get. Throw it back. Clearly not planning on being shot. Uh, There's <laughs> anyone with a conspiracy theory out there? <laughs> Lennon played "I Saw Her Standing There" in Madison Square Garden on Thanksgiving Day, November twenty eighth, nineteen seventy four, uh, when he took the stage at an Elton John concert. It was the ah. last song Lennon could ever perform for a paid audience. Uh, Elton released this version as the B-side of Philadelphia Freedom the following year. This was the only live duet ever recorded between Elton John and John Lennon, who were both good friends. Interesting. Uh, not good friends with Michael Jackson, though. Which Beatle crossed <laughs> the crossed universe in the Abbey, <laughs> Abbey Road oh, album cover? Wow. I assume the album cover. It's the four of them. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, so fuck. it's John, Paul, George, or Ringo. It's got to be John at the front. I don't feel like his ego would allow him to not be the... Oh, shit. Well, I don't know. The middle. The middle is front and center. Ooh. I'm, I'm trying to go with George. I'm trying to think... Yeah, I'm trying to think of the length of the hair and or facial hair <laughs> yeah. of whoever's at the front. I feel I... like the guy in back has a big old beard. Well, that would be George, then. I think they all have beards in the, that. Oh, Did that's they? true. Uh, uh, I don't remember then. You know, George is my favorite Beatle anyway. I'm going to go George Harrison. George? Are you saying George, too, Josh? I said George, yeah. Yeah, okay, so we'll... Nope. John. Uh, you, you st John at the front. It took, it took a second for the phone to download <laughs> the sound there. I, mean, I know McCarthy's in the middle because he was really dead, you see. <laughs> <laughs> They're all wearing white because it's like... It's a funeral. Here's some trivia for you on this one. John was the first Beatle to cross uh, Abbey Road on the famous album cover. The photograph was taken at approximately 11.35 a.m. on Friday, August 8th, 1969. I could not care less. <laughs> uh, that was, I, I was shocked that it had that much uh, information about that. Brockhampton recorded their album Iridescence in only six days at Abbey Road after kicking out their uh, former member Amir Van for allegations of sexual assault. Hmm. All right then. That's my Paul Abbey McCartney's Road. McCartney's actually dead. 
That's my trivia. No, stop it. No, Alex Jones, bare, knock he, it off. He has bare feet. This is like he's in the gray. Um, what Beatles song was written for Mia Farrow's sister? Oh. Dear Prudence, Julia, <clears throat> Honey Pie, or For No One? Ooh. Dear Prudence is like the only one that really is pinging in my brain, so I'm going to say that one. I don't, I don't think it's it, though. I think Prudence is too one of their daughters. I thinking, I, that's like an older one, too, isn't it? I was thinking Honey it? Pie. Um, What's the other one that's Julia. not to nowhere? Julia. Julia. Right, we'll I'll, do... We'll just go, Dear Prudence. Oh, you got oh, it, wow, Cody. Right. Wow. All right. I thought that was an older I one. I thought that was to a daughter. Uh, the Beatles met me and Prudence uh, Pharaoh while visiting... Uh, a yogi. <laughs> they named the yogi, but I'm not going to butcher that. <laughs> it's the famous yogi yeah. guy. That... Uh, who was the first Beatle to get married? Ooh. I'm going to go Ringo. I thought Paul. Oh, see, and I thought it was John. So, all right, we'll go Ringo first. Damn. Nope. Nope. Paul next. Nope. nope. John. It was wow. Yeah. Was it Yoko? No, it was his first. Cynthia. Wife. That's what, oh, okay. That's what I was thinking. I was like, because they did get married really young, didn't they? Like well, some of them remarried too. Besides, oh, I'm like Ringo remarried. Yeah, I knew. Rip. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, God, I, I know some people like Ringo as their favorite Beatle. Why? He to seems be, like a real asshole. Like, because they're trying to because they're trying to be difficult, but they're not. They don't get the right way to do it. Because the right way to do it is like my old friends in the Cobra Kai Electronic Dojo, who all said that their favorite Beatle was Yoko Ono. <laughs> that's how you'd be difficult about your favorite Beatle. Yeah, that's funny. Gosh, who was uh, the original drummer for the Beatles? I knew that. I, Bill I Lyman, Ringo Starr, Stuart Sutcliffe, or Pete Best. Pete Best. Pete Best. Yeah, that. I had to hear it. Yeah. There was a, a great strip by Evan Dorkin, who's one of my favorite uh, comic strip guys. Milk and cheese. Where it's, uh, yeah, where it's uh, Pete Best at home. And it's just a series of him seeing things with the Beatles and going, fuck! <laughs> I love the, it's like a quote where they ask, like, who is, uh, is Rita, Ringo the best drummer in the world? And they say Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> Ooh, Ringo did not get respect. No. For what crime was Paul McCartney deported from Germany? Robbery, prostitution, assault, or arson? I don't know. Whoa. I was going to say drugs, but uh, not. For the sake of hoping it's not assault, I'm going to say arson? But I I'm going to go like prostitution. You're going to say prostitution? I'm, I was thinking arson as well, so... Arson. Arson. Nice. That's cool. It's McCartney cool to set McCartney and fires. Pete Best were arrested and deported for arson in 1960 after they set fire to a condom on a co- in a concrete corridor. That's really fucking stupid. <laughs> That's it. Sounds like some shit I would do with my friends. Uh, last question. I mean, there's plenty more, but we'll save some. <laughs> we'll save some for another uh, movie. Uh, what was the working title of "With a Little Help from My Friends"? Bad Finger Boogie, Aunt Jen's theme. That's a nice hat, or Granny Smith. Ooh, I want it to be. That's a nice hat. That's a personal preference. I just wish it was that one. I'll do Granny Smith. And I was thinking Bad Finger Boogie, so... I hope... It, I mean, technically the real answer is Sergeant Pepper, isn't it? Bad Finger Boogie. Bad Finger Boogie. Ew, that's a terrible name. That's a good song, too. <laughs> and I like... 
part of the reason I like that song is because you can't really you can't usually listen to it by itself. You have to listen to Sergeant Pepper. Okay, first. actually, I do have to do one more one more here, <laughs> just because okay. Josh. Well, Josh brought this up. So, which which of the following co- uh, songs contributed to the rumor that Paul had died? <laughs> Yesterday, Strawberry Fields Forever, Penny Lane, or Hey Jude? It's Strawberry Fields, isn't it? Do you think so? I think it's Strawberry that sound, Fields. That sounded right when I said it, too. Yeah. At the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, John can be heard mumbling what sounds like, I buried Paul. <laughs> to fuel the Paul is dead rumors. John would later claim he was actually saying cranberry sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so that... I don't... I, I, honestly, I would put money that he really did, was just mumbling, bury, I buried Paul, to <laughs> fuck with people. Yeah, yeah no, right? oh, for sure. Because if I was in the middle of a band that that conspiracy was happening about, I would... I would fucking whole oh yeah whole d- hog right right dive in yeah like my next album would be called Paul is Dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you could do your solo album called Paul is Dead uh, I almost said Paul Stanley god <laughs> Paul McCartney Paul is Dead uh, alright Cody let's take a wheel of the of the wind spin, spin real quick I got one can you name the fifth Beatle uh, uh, there's a book there's a graphic novel about this guy but I don't yep. there's a million of them um, because Pete Best was involved, there was a uh, yeah. They, Stuart, what's his name? Who was also in the band at one point? But it's their producer, yeah, usually, yeah. and I can't think of his name. Brian Epstein, Brian Epstein, Epstein. who did not hang himself. Uh, <laughs> the Fifth Beatle, that graphic novel, is actually going to have a. It's either a movie or a mini series. Oh, really? Yeah. So I uh, I love the, I would the re- cover. I, would, I haven't read it. <laughs> I want I would, to though. I would order it for the store, but you know. Yeah, I saw that today. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yep. Alrighty. Okay, uh, wheel spin, and I'm out of steam. Ba-ding! Ba-ding. <laughs> genre swap! <laughs> uh, who genre, it? <laughs> genre swap is the game we play every episode. What we do is we assign each other a genre, and we try to come up with the best pitch for this movie just in a different genre. Uh, I'm going to pick up a pick on Josh this week and say, as a video game, Josh. <laughs> that's, that, that's just bonk. <laughs> I win. Um. Hmm. Who's who? Josh giving, has to say it to you now. Okay, you say it to me. So if you got one for me, uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to think. Um, you you get it, but uh, space rock opera. Fuck yes, Cody as a uh, Spike Lee joint. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, this is no. gonna be easy. I I know this already. Uh. I've, I've literally got mine down. I think it'll be funnier if I say mine on the fly. I'll do it. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to do this almost like a, like a Shrek-style Flintstone thing. Like they're all <laughs> cave people, but they drive like the... They have the cars with the foot pedals, and they have like desks, but it's all like rough rock and stuff like that. And uh, it's, uh, it's like a, a woman's liberation style movie where it's all the cavemen like harassing the secretary cavewoman. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, she, you know, <laughs> she like can't stand it. They're always like hassling her around the water cooler. And uh, she finally just like goes, uh, she's like walking home one day and she gets like uh, catcalled and harassed and like pinched by somebody on the street and she like turns around a corner and there's a, like a huge dude there and you get really scared because uh, he like puts his hand like right on her shoulder and she's like oh my god this is it, this is what caveman society like 
does to women. And the guy just like opens his uh, his trench coat style like loincloth and he's like, what do you need? And it's all of these giant clubs of very degree of like naughtiness. Oh, I thought and you she, were going a different place than no. the opening of the trench coat. And she, uh, she grabs like the biggest, most like gnarly looking club that she has and then the rest of the movie is basically Jackie Brown but with cavemen. <laughs> caveman fever. Caveman I fever. Got caveman fever. Uh, so a video game, huh? Video game or a video game movie? Oh, you know what? Video I'm gonna. I, I kind of want to do video game movie now that you said that. I, <laughs> I was originally thinking, you know, because we were talking earlier about Bonk and the so, 8-bits. So Caveman gets a uh, home improvement style platformer game, <laughs> and now you get to direct the adaptation of the home improvement <laughs> style Caveman game. <laughs> Well, what I was going to do, I'm going to take liberties with this and just pitch, <laughs> like uh, this movie took liberties. Nothing. Never mind. And backing and, off the gas on that joke. <laughs> and just uh, just pitch a film version of Caveman Games, the, the 8-bit Nintendo game where it was like a track and field game, only you're cavemen, so you're like yeah. hurling clubs Ooh. and shit like that. I could literally see um, that as like a Pixar movie, honestly. Yeah, and you're thinking maybe it'll be like a jokey like 80s comedy, but no, it's actually like a, a very serious film about like <laughs> chariots uh, of fire with cavemen. <laughs> It's about drug abuse scandals. Like there's this oh. caveman who, named Ugg who's the uh, who's high performing, but there's all these worries about the the regimen of uh, of rape berries that he eats to allow him to get super strong. Uh, and uh, the cave committee don't want to let him compete, but the rules don't technically say anything. And then it, it, it ends with a big race, and like right when he crosses the finish line, he has a heart attack and dies like right oh. on the line. And then we just it just we, we stare at him while uh, while the road goes ever on uh, from the Lord of the Rings cartoon is playing. The road goes ever on, or some sort of Cat Stevensy seventies music, that, so that we can reflect on the horrors that our desire for high performance have inflicted on us. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> okay, so mine's a uh, space opera. Here uh-huh. we go. So, so I envision this as very much a heavy metal esque animated like thing. Uh huh. Okay, so we're gonna talk after the episode about something that might be on another show <laughs> related to this. So remember. Okay. I will completely forget, but go. Yeah, I, so I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll remember because yeah. I like heavy metal caveman in space rock opera. Well, idea. so, uh, so, so there's this scene at the beginning where these people are like trying to fight for control of the spaceship, but like bad things happen, you know, and they they call kind of a red alert situation, and there's a red alert music, you know, like uh-huh. red alert, red dun, alert, red alert, red alert, yeah, exactly, yeah, and uh, red alert. and all of the you know all of the people who are seemingly on this spaceship kind of come up and are like like you know oh my gosh what do we do what do we do and the sun vaporizes them, Ooh. yeah. Uh, but those weren't all of the people on the ship. Uh-huh. There were children still on the ship too, who go to the arboretum when they get hungry, and but since they're children, they like don't uh-huh. don't you know they don't. And so, uh, but but this is kind of the twist ending for the kids is that they don't realize they're on a spaceship. They just you know they, this it's is all life. The right? arboretum is all they've ever known. Yeah, and so so they're having this hard time linguistically. But they can sing Ringo Starr songs. 
and Beatles songs because I couldn't find enough Beatles or uh, Ringo Starr songs God. anybody had ever heard of here. So, so you know, there's a scene where somebody falls down and there's like a little help from my friends, you know, and and they keep doing these like Beatles songs uh, through, you know. But that's the only English they speak is the is the, um, which by the way, now as I'm saying this out loud, sounds like a way better movie than the one we watched. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but all of our pitches are better than the movie I was, we watched. While I was doing mine, I was thinking how if they would have literally just given the caveman like fake caveman ties and the woman had like fake caveman heels, that would have alone made this movie a little bit funnier. Oh, absolutely. God. Yeah. Oh. It would any almost any <laughs> a touch of literally anything. Any motivated change. Caveman meets the Manos hand of fate, or a touch of Satan, or any <laughs> other of these movies would have also improved it. Oh gosh, yes. So, um, uh, I think uh, we're at time. So I'm gonna go ahead and bump the more you know segment again, and we'll just go ahead and move on. <laughs> Which is kind of becoming my running gag now. I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and cut the discussion a little so we can have more of this. Next yeah. Time. Oh no no no. Uh, right. the, the the more you know segment. I mean it's just yeah. Anyway. I mean trivia is more or less yeah. more you know. So now where are they now? Rating in trivia. Uh, here's my my list of where all these people are. Uh, in the real world, Atuk and Lana hit it off pretty nicely, and Ringo and Barbara Bach married within a year of shooting and are still married. I did not know wow. that. Wow. I yep. also did not know that, especially considering the way he treats her in the movie. I wouldn't have expected that. This movie is where they met. Wow. I, I, that's astonishing. That's this wild. Uh, hey, let me stop for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's a flabbergasting <laughs> fact. It is. Gold star, Josh, for doing this and for doing this research for us, oh. for our show. No problem. I mean, it's mostly looking through Wikipedia's and IMDb. <laughs> uh, well, but still, yeah. like... That's fucking insane. <laughs> uh, Ringo's film career was mostly over after Caveman, with only a couple of other features, not counting a few films in which he played himself. Uh, he did work in voiceovers. Uh, notably, he was the narrator on Thomas the Tank or Thomas the F- and Friends. Very briefly, before that role was filled by none other than uh, Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay. Yes. Did not realize that. Was Ringo make... in Yesterday? Do you guys remember? Did you either? You I haven't see seen yesterday? it yet. I kind of want to, but somebody said it's really uh, not good. It which, was okay. Which one? Yesterday. The one where, uh, like, yeah, yeah I yeah. heard it wasn't. I, I really wanted to because I really liked the director. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Barbara Bach would only appear in two more films in minor roles after this train wreck. Uh, and by train wreck, I mean this film and probably also her marriage. But I kid the wealthy and attractive people. One of well, them. <laughs> one is wealthy. <laughs> the other. And one is, is attractive. I guess attractive. She has a big forehead, dude. I could not. <laughs> she does. She's a lot of forehead on that lady. She's Gosh, a, judgy Josh over here. And they call and, it I'd, a, Every day I'd wake up, I'd be like, it's like that fucking mystery science theater of the movie movie. Yeah. <laughs> be like, do we have an interocitor around here? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, who knew that reference would come up this episode? Not uh. me. I, it was completely unplanned. Yeah. Uh, Jen Mattis, John Matisak, who played Tonda, rebounded a little better, uh, appearing in One Crazy Summer, uh, cult film Ice Pirates, which I'm quite fond of, and also as the lovable sloth from Goonies. Wow! You guys, uh, look at look at that. He sadly passed on in 1989. Oh, Aww. did did it say from what or did it? I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was probably heart stuff or something. Sure. I mean, Big dude. He was a big dude. Big dude. 
Uh, Carl Lumbly went on to a long career in character acting, uh, appearing on TV shows such as NCIS and films like How Stella Got Her Groove Back. He's the African-American one, by the way. Uh, he also voiced the Martian Manhunter for the Warner Brother animated Justice League cartoons, which are uniformly... Wow, excellent. I can immediately hear that voice now. Uh, and he also played Dick Halorian, the role originated by Scatman Crothers, in the recent Doctor Sleep film. Jeez. Oh, that's kind of cool. I told you, this film has a real cast. Yeah. Uh, Jack Gifford, who was the old blind man who had been in the, the Forums movies. <laughs> uh, this is a hilarious fact. The way the forum. He appeared in the Cocoon films, if uh, you remember those, about old people, old people fucking. fucking. But not real fucking, like... like like light fucking yeah like alien fucking <laughs> fucking with the help of alien magic hey um, you remember that old people fucking movie uh sequel <laughs> there were two of them that yeah. is the weirdest part of them like not only in the 80s was there a film released about aliens whose power helps old people fuck it, it, there was another one <laughs> and i saw both of them I, as a child i did too um he passed away at the age of 81 in 1990 uh, did you know his career actually stalled out in the 50s when he tried to transition from live performance to TV and film, but was uh, blacklisted by Huwak? Nice. Yeah, I wish we had more time for a podcast about that kind of shit instead of Ringo Starr grunting fake words for poop. <laughs> uh, Dennis Quaid and Shelley Long went on to be Dennis Quaid and Shelley Long. Do you guys need me to hold your fucking hands? I mean, you know who they are. <laughs> Shelley Long is a little more obscure now, I think, but she was a big 80s and maybe early 90s comics. Oh, yeah. Like, it, you, you, look at the, you look at her, like, list, and suddenly it's, like, all those little light bulbs going off in your head. You recognize her from a million things. She, like, she worked with Tom Hanks, I think, in Money Pit. She worked yep. with Steve Martin in one of his, like, Hello Again? Was it Steve Martin in that one? Is she or, in The Jerk? I'm not sure. She might mm-hmm. be. She was in a lot of 80s comedies. Yeah. Very, very, uh, very very long IMD page. And, and is, in, for my money, the best actor in this film. Yeah. Uh, so, ratings? Ratings! Uh, I give this one zero Fridays. I get, uh, man, I uh, don't... Oof. It is not... Like, technically, it is a better made film than Cemetery Gates. It was clearly made by people who understand the craft of film. But that Cem- kind of makes it more... High. Cemetery High. Cemetery High. It, 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 it's, it, it's made by people with a better understanding of the craft of film than the, uh, than the song by Pantera. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> that kind of makes it more tragic. Because you look at, like, Shelley Long's performance, you know, this is a pretty good performance. I wish she had used this time of hers to make a film that wasn't Dino Turds. Because it's the the gimmick makes this film excruciating to watch. Like I when I rewatched Cemetery High, I wasn't dreading it. I was, and you guys saw it. I was kind of fucking dreading rewatching this movie yeah. because I knew it was going to be an unpleasant. It was fun to riff on it with you sure. guys, but Jesus Christ, it was it's so long to watch. Yeah, that's a goose egg for me. Yeah, like I was just thinking about that too. Cemetery High is bad, but like. The, the dual pairing of it with Assault of the Killer Bimbos are such is such a crazy story and it's also like fun bad schlock movies like those yeah. are at least fun for a group watch I, I wouldn't recommend this movie to anyone I'm also gonna go zero and not even a creative like oh, zero okay. out of five for this I like we watched it as a group thing like ripped out of our gourds or at least I was and uh, like fuck man I, <laughs> I wasn't you know, ripped enough. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's just bad. And I mean, I you know, it's fine because I watch gosh. it with you guys, and we watch all these movies. But I was so glad. Like, could you imagine if we had played a board game before this, and we had people over, and then 
try to watch it then because everybody else would be like oh yeah we want to watch the movie with one of the Beatles and a Bond girl like oh god no no just I, save no, your no, friend no. groups don't don't watch this movie I'm, uh, I'm giving it one dino turd giving it one I, I, I did appreciate some of the gags uh, in particular there was the one gag where I where I at some point realized what the gag was it was when the blind guy like oh. everybody keeps waving his ha- their hands in front of his face and, and <laughs> without saying anything and then eventually he waves his hand in front of his face and I was like oh that's funny because he's blind but he you know knows that they're waving their hands and I was like oh that's that's amusing but uh, you know that like that gag and and then uh, I'm trying to remember there uh, oh I mentioned at some point that this was the second movie we've watched with a hot foot. Um, <laughs> that was yes. funny. Uh, so, so that you know that the that my riff was actually funnier than the gag. Come <laughs> I, think of it. I had two in real good cases, zingers in this yeah. movie, so uh, I can't say <laughs> I it's a total you, wash. I don't. You know, you, know <laughs> you get you get to make your own ratings. I'm not going to disagree with them. Uh, I just want to point out no. that yes, all of our jokes were better than the jokes we made. Yeah, no, I just <laughs> Cody said it that way, and I was like. Wait a minute! That, that actually come to think of it, it was it was my jokes that I'm let. Uh, I'm gonna still stick with one just just to be, just cause. Yeah, you know, you, every every good comedy bit needs a straight man. Yeah. You know, so you know if they're if they're gonna cue it up, I mean, you can hit homers all day long with this movie. God. Oh. So that's uh, that's one out of fifteen. <laughs> Which makes this the new champ is like the bottom end of yeah. movies we're yeah. watching. Yeah. Try it again in summer school, asshole. <laughs> oh. Alright, so uh, how about some viewer mail? Let's do it. Viewer mail, viewer mail. This is the song for viewer mail. This is the song for viewer mail. Viewer mail. Sounds a lot like the song for Trash or Treasure. It does. <laughs> is it trash or is it fewer mail? Is it trash? Oh, Which bit are we doing? No, it's, it's, it's fewer mail this time. Uh, viewer Stephanie uh, verbally sent me a mail today and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and told me, quote, I listened to y'all's podcast and you all a bunch of clowns. <laughs> Any response, fellas? <laughs> uh, was was it said at least lightheartedly? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. I, I mean, I've got to say, in all seriousness, yes, I'm glad that you recognize the heavy influence of ICP on our work. <laughs> we are, in fact, juggalos to the ground. <laughs> we are part of our juggalo family. No, and it's we will down fuck with an the clown off. until you're in the ground. And we, we are down with the clown into the ground, and we will fuck up a ninja. What is a juggalo? Out. I don't know. A motherfucking maniac. <laughs> I wondered how this this apartment is littered with Fago. Everywhere I see is Fago. That's this why it's so dingy. Yeah. You can hear the cans and the bottles like reverberate. Ka-tink, ka-tink. That's, that's, that's not a squeaky chair I'm on. It's I, I'm just sitting on a pile of Fago cans. It's a pile of Fagos. I'm sitting on a pile of axes. <laughs> Aura just has a pile of broken chairs for backyard wrestling. <laughs> It's, it's fair criticism, and I appreciate it. It's nice to hear that people think, enjoy our shit. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was an appreciation of the humor, I suspect. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I'm not proud of the movies we watch. I'm real proud of the sketches we write in response yes. to them. <laughs> yes, the content that we make is very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, Are I you done patting yourself on the back over there? Does it... <laughs> 
you know, when reviewing a, a movie like movie. this, I'm not done jerking myself off yet, man. Like, we got a ways to go. Or, I earned two or three for watching this movie. Or, you know, being proud of things that I do does not come natural. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> Give me this. Cody's going to pay himself back later. Five on one. <laughs> Five on one. Oh... Uh, so yeah, that was a uh, viewer mail, viewer mail. Uh, that's a song for the viewer mail. <laughs> viewer mail. Uh, <laughs> the listener called us clowns. <laughs> do we want to do real quick one thing this week? Yeah, we. Oh sure, real real quick. Yeah. Where, uh, where did I put my one thing? Because I wrote it in my phone. One thing this week is uh, Siege of Terra: Last Wall. It's a Warhammer 40k book. It's oh yeah. Starting to close up the Horus Heresy series. Wherever 40k books are a super fucking nerdy affectation. <laughs> but I contend that there are better writers in their stable than almost any other mass market paperback. Has but. this bit always been called One Thing This Week? Kind of. I mean, since okay. it started. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't think any of us had followed that rule up to this point. Oh, we haven't. No, we, we haven't. Uh, and we talked no. about how we needed to. No, I, yes. I, I, I get it. That's... I, I, I sorry, it was a little bit of a joke. All right, <laughs> a little bit of a goof. You, one. you want yours now, or? Uh, well, so my one thing this week. Did you guys hear that Russia had launched a, a lizard, a satellite with lizards on it into space? <laughs> oh shit! That's another now, Simpsons joke. And now has lost. They lost control of it. Like so, this <laughs> lizard sex satellite. Because that's what they were dealing in. So they were. They've lost control of it. And my. So my one thing this week was the belly laugh I got out of it (laughs) when somebody somebody was talking about this story and then somebody else had replied. I don't remember if it was a Facebook thing or a Twitter thing, but they said, uh, when lizard men come and take over the world (laughs) in in 10,000 years, you guys know what happened. (laughs) <laughs> on their swinging there... satellite of love these reptilian overlords were hit with gamma rays <laughs> if, if there's a camera in there I'm pretty sure I can monetize this yeah. <laughs> so so that was that was my uh, one thing this week was I, I got a hearty belly laugh out of that 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 story and that reply god that's really funny uh, my one thing this week Castlevania season 3 dropped and uh, I think I talked to both Josh and Aura separately but I literally didn't realize until we started season 3 that it is all written by uh, Warren Ellis Yep. so uh, that explains why it's fantastic but um, even if you're not a fan of Castlevania if you're not a fan of the animation style still give it a try truly the, the writing on the show is so fucking good and uh, it, it'll really grab you. Like, the first season, I think, is, like, a teaser, maybe three yeah. or four episodes. The first season's okay, but it's not substantial. Season two is amazing. Season two, I've you could... I've not watched three yet. Yeah, season one is definitely, like, the precursor. It gets all the characters into the same town. And then season two is, like, what it would have been if they had a second half of season one. It, like, season two came out very, very quickly after I've one. I've played that Dungeons & Dragons you know, uh, campaign. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, just go to the bar and talk to the bartender. Why is this taking forever? Mm, I really want to look in the priory. No. God damn it! The <laughs> fucking bar! Go to the bar! That's where all the adventurers go, is the bar! My character's a paladin, he doesn't drink. <laughs> Son of a bitch, make an exception. You're hungry, too. They serve food. Every That's why every role-playing game that I ever run uh, the precondition is that I, I'm like, your group has met before. <laughs> your, your, your group has been set up by the time we start game. I don't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah. Oh that is DMs, that is your number one hot tip. 
don't don't fucking let the players let, dick around. Let that shit happen in your zero session when you're fucking rolling your characters. <laughs> you're a group of mercenaries, yep. or <laughs> your childhood friends, or you were all Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> oh, that that's a fun, not a bad idea. That's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. You're a religious pilgrim who's hired on people as bodyguards. Like whatever. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> whatever. Um, whatever idea that you have for it. Put the group together first. It saves you so much fucking time and pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but can I still go to the bar? <laughs> uh, in the game that I ran with you, I do believe that is the first thing you did. That is correct. <laughs> mead. Bing! <laughs> can I get two gills of mead, please? <laughs> you learned what a gill was today, didn't you? I learned what a gill is. It's uh, four four gills make a pint. I actually remembered that. I was like, it's like a... Like a, like a Shot two fingers, or yeah. Or something. All right. Well, you guys had a. Was, you guys, you guys had enough. The one that I remembered of the four, and they all remembered <laughs> the other ones. And I knew that a gallon was the biggest. Yeah. But I didn't remember where quart and ounce or whatever were. Yeah. Uh, you, have you get had enough teaching the kids well here? Can I? Yeah. Should I do the thing? Yeah. Learn learn them something else, Aura. All right. That podcast stays up all night. Oh, that podcast stays up all night. <laughs> it's a presentation of that podcast productions. Proudly, we might add. You can find all of our podcast blogs and assorted nonsense at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. You can also find us on Facebook at That Podcast Stays Up All Night Slumber Party. On Instagram at that.podcast.productions. On Twitter, where? That Productions or That Podcast Productions. If podcatchers are your thing, you can find us uh, at That Podcast Productions on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Or you can just add the RSS feed from our website. Anyway, you want to talk about our art being courtesy of Abby? Uh, Abby is our resident artist who did the logo for this show and the other subsequent ones that we have as of now. Uh, you can find her art on her Instagram at RosariArt. It's R-O-Z-A-R-I-A-R-T. Remember to subscribe and review and email us your comments uh, at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. You care to plug our sister podcast for a moment, Josh? Yep. Girls Talk Comics is not a podcast about girl talk, but every time I will make that joke. It's, it's, it's just talk. as funny every time. Yep. It is. I, I tell you what, if they're listening an hour... Joke. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if they're listening an hour and a half or whatever in they are... They deserve that girl talk joke every time. <laughs> it, it is the Simpsons rake joke. Like, yeah. in 20 podcasts, it'll be the funniest joke in the world. <laughs> sure. Um, Girls Talk Comics is with uh, Aaron and Jessica, and they talk about comics. It's a short-form podcast. It's like five minutes or so. 15, 15 minutes. An in, in interesting divergence from our format of just fucking talking for hours. <laughs> three dudes voices ran- hurt. It's like every other day on the internet, three dudes won't shut up near you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I actually shows a lot about gender roles. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they just did My Hero Academia. That yeah. was one of their recent shows. So give that a check if you uh, want to know what the kids are up to. Listen uh, to them. They're super talented ladies and super smart. Fun, and super fun. Not today. They're getting way more listeners than us. So that's fun. Oh they shit. <laughs> 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 Initially, I thought that she was saying they were, and I felt real uh, bad. Oh, yeah. uh, and I was like, "You start plugging us." <laughs> <laughs> Don't you so, dare Yoko us, Girl Talk Comics. Right. <laughs> so, what's happening next time on uh, this show, Josh? Uh, next time on that podcast stays up all night. We have a special guest. Oh, do Who we? Could it be? Who could it be? Is it now? Satan? 
Oh. Satan's cheerleaders are here to shake their pom-poms as we once again resort to cheerleaders in the shameful ratings grab. Hope you enjoyed my crappy 30-year-old church lady impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, that about does it for that podcast stays up all night. Until next time, kitties, keep your filthy cave mitts off my lady. Ega. I never want to. I never want to fucking hear cavemen from either of you two ever again. Fair I mean, not. we could talk um, about the the character, like the archetype of a caveman. You're gonna say there's a, a an Appalachian oh. movie called Cave Woman. That's fine. That's already <laughs> a completely different film. We're totally cool. <laughs>